This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. Well, welcome to LifeWords Q&A. Great to have you, David Ray and myself, Andrew Morris, with you for the next 15 to 20 minutes, and we'll be looking at your questions. Uh, really enjoy this time of the week. David, welcome once again. Thanks, Andrew. You've uh, got another three questions that you've chosen from uh, emails and listeners' submissions. Let's start with question one, David. I hear people say God speaks to them through art or creation. How is this so? Yeah, um, I, I think it's. I've heard that many times, and I think God does speak through art or creation. Um, first of all, you've got to be a little bit careful, a little bit of a caution. First of all, about claiming God is speaking. Um, it could be your hormones. It could be an overactive imagination. We can easily let such private revelations mislead us, but. I think you can guard against that. Um, be part of a group which can check this out. If, if you feel God's speaking to you in some particular way, well, check it out with some other mature Christians. And best to know your Bible well, because God's not going to speak contrary to the Bible. Um, he's not going to tell you to do something that's totally unbiblical. However, I think having said those cautions there, it's true that God can get through to us through the arts or creation. See, God made the creative world, so I assume he's speaking through it and he's present within it. And the Bible does say that we can we can know something of God through creation. And also God God has um has create God is the source of all beauty and goodness and creativity. Uh, and therefore, in as much as the arts reflect that, uh, of course, I think the arts can somehow or other convey something of God to us. Um, see, I, I, I personally get a lot of insight um, into my own life and become deep, more deeply aware of the truths about God through art and literature and music, yep. all that sort of thing. Um, now, we'll have different tastes in art, literature and music, of course we will. Um, but I, I, I don't want to sort of – I would not want to say God can only reveal himself in the Bible – now, that's a very common view, and I know what people are getting at there, but I'd rather say God will not reveal himself contrary to the Bible. So if, if, if I am listening to something, looking at something, reading something, and I believe God is speaking to me through it, I've got to be careful there. I've got to say, well, well is what God's saying to me here um, uh, contrary to the Bible, or does it reflect the Bible? I might listen to a wonderful symphony, such as this beautiful symphony of Gustav Mahler called the Second Symphony, called the Resurrection Symphony. Now, Mahler wasn't writing particularly as a Christian, but listening to that music, it highlights to me this this path through suffering and death and then rising to life again. And God speaks to me through that, but he speaks to me very much while he's speaking to me through that music. It's consistent with what the Bible says. Yeah, I think I think that's a great way to look at it. It's the Bible is being given to us through uh, the centuries uh, as a sort of, I guess, the base foundation of uh, of who God is, his character mm. and stuff. And I guess we can watch a Pixar film, and for me, I can watch a Pixar film and feel like, yeah, I think God's revealed a truth in that, whether yeah, it's, yes. you know, Up, yes. the story of the, the old man yes. and the balloons, yes. or, or through Wally, the computer. You know, I, God's telling, teaching me lessons and truths through that. I just think we've got much. to understand that God is in and through a everything. lot of creation, That's and right. we, he, we're not to lock him away in the Bible. But yes, yes everything is to be measured against the Scriptures, in, indeed. Yeah. indeed. Uh, so, so, yes, I, look, I, I've had enough in my ministry experience of people saying to me, God has told me this and God has told me that. 
that and you've got to be saying, hmm, has he really? But but it is true that God can can really encourage you through looking at the beauties of creation or listening to certain music or a certain artwork or looking at certain movies because I, I, I get so much help from them because these, these things shed light on my life and enrich my life in Christ. Um, so in that way, God speaks to me through it. Although personally, I don't use that language because it can easily be sort of people can assume that God is somehow rather speaking through some audible voice to you. But no, he's not. In my case, he's enlarging my wonder and appreciation of the world and of life and allowing me to understand something more of myself. So while the Bible is my yardstick and my um, guide, as it were, um, defining the boundaries of the reality of God, um, I don't think that God is confined to that. And I don't think the Bible itself suggests that God should be confined to that. So, yes, he does speak throughout a creation. And I think the way he does that is to use artwork, music, literature, whatever it is, um, he uses that to deepen your understanding of his goodness and his greatness and his wonder and your own humanity in its good and not so good aspects. God created us, David. So there is, uh, yeah, our DNA reflects, I guess, God in many respects. Like yes. he, he made us. Yes. So I guess when we watch a, a movie and or, or view a piece of art, it's basically it's touching something deep inside us Indeed. that God has made and, and put in our hearts. Indeed, it is, and I think God um, God wants to get through to us in so many different ways. And um, I, I think I, look, I think the vast majority of Jesus followers uh, would 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 endorse fundamentally what we're saying that that God does. Uh, speak to them in some way as, as you've indicated because we are created in his image and given the fact that God is behind all beauty and all love and all, all wonder and all this sort of thing that yes you'd expect to see something of God and hear something of God and read something of God in these sorts of works and um, all I'd say is without my love of poetry and music particularly uh, I would be absolutely lost and would not nearly have the depth of faith that I've got now. Great. Thanks for that, David. You're listening to LifeWords Q&A with David Ray, Andrew Morris. If you've got a question that you would like to ask David, it's pretty simple. You can email David, lifewords at hopemedia.com.au. If you're on the website, you can also sign up for David's LifeWords Daily Devotional, which is very popular, or our verse of the day. It's a, it's a daily verse that get, comes into your email every day of the week, and it's a real encouraging way to start the day as well. Okay, David, our second question is, I'm confused about free, the, the free speech issue. How can Christians express their views without causing offence and being against the law? Now, this is reference to, I guess, Australia in particular. Um, yeah. How do you yeah, want to answer that one, David? It is it is a difficult issue. Um, uh, the question says, how can Christians express their views without causing offence or being against the law? Well, with great difficulty, I think we have to say. Um, you see, we want to be able to speak what we believe to be the truth, but, but no Christian wants to turn people off by us saying it. I don't think any Christian sets out to cause offence. Um, but... but because the Bible tells us to be wise and gracious in what we say and how we say it. We should be free to speak out our faith. But here we come to grips with the, with the notion of offence, because we Christians are aware that there is an offence in the gospel itself. If I say to someone that your good works are not good enough to be accepted by God, they may be offended. 
But I think I've got every right to offend them in that sense. I'm not trying to demean them or say they're wicked, terrible people. I'm just trying to point out what I believe to be a biblical reality. If I tell people Jesus is the only perfect revelation of God, then others might well be offended. But I can't see that I can resist saying those things um, because, um, in other words, I think we can, the gospel message can give offence without us being offensive. And that's where I think the, the, the balancing act is. How can we um, convey the sometimes uncomfortable truths of the Christian faith? Um, and there are a few of them around the place, um, without being insulting, simplistic, or personally offensive. That's the problem. I don't think we can avoid offending people somewhere along the line because the Christian message does challenge certain cultural and social and personal norms. So uh, I'm assuming that this uh, listener has brought this question up in relation to uh, the passing of same-sex marriage laws in Australia at the end of last year, mm. and uh, the recent comments by an Australian rugby union player, Israel Folau, um, coming out and, and basically saying, you know, if if uh, gay people don't repent, they'll go to hell. And that caused a lot of... I mean, mm. it's not a very nice... Um, this is me personally speaking. It's a pretty harsh thing to say in social media. Mm. And he was condemned across the board for that comment. Mm. And a lot of pressure put on him to mm. retract that comment yes, yes, yes. in the public forum and yes. threats of sponsors and threats of being mm. taken out of the game. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, What's your stand or what's your take on what on that particular issue? I think it was the most unfortunate statement that he made. Um, and while I... This, and this does get to the heart of this issue, I think. I say it's unfortunate not because I doubt his sincerity or doubt his character. Or I, I, Honestly, I'm not even questioning his right to say it. I, I don't think so. I think, as I've already said, um, the Christian gospel contains some uncomfortable truths in it. And I think we've got to be free to express those uncomfortable truths without the moral police sort of jumping on us and saying, you can't say that because we're upset by it. The problem I had with... That particular statement was the context in which it was made um, through social media. I personally would always run a mile from trying to present any sort of issue or answer any complex question on um, social media uh, through a, an abbreviated Facebook post or even worse, uh, through through Twitter or something. I would not try to do that because, you see... What what many people took from what um, Falau said was that they were, might be saying, God hates all gay people, and unless they repent, they go to hell. Well, there's a few issues there. What what does repentance mean? Does the world out there know what repentance means? Um, because you and I have to repent of our sins repeatedly. You and I sin repeatedly mm. and have to repent repeatedly. So as people getting the impression that if a gay person uh, is still gay, that they're going to go to hell even though they might repent of being gay. What does repent of being gay mean? And then it's sort of a subsidiary question, um, what does hell mean in this particular case? Um, so I, I had a problem with that statement and I groaned inwardly when I read that it was made because I thought, no, what you've expressed is a sincere point of view, which if it was nuanced and carefully explained is a proper expression of biblical orthodoxy because if you do not repent of your sins, you will be eternally estranged from God. I utterly believe that, and that's an uncomfortable thing. But to try to abbreviate it and summarise it in social media, and you are a high-profile person, I think 
as it were, you're asking for trouble and you get it. Now, I think some of the people who pounced on him were just um, not not very helpful. Um, you know, I, I think there was a lot of hypocrisy, particularly from our, uh, shall we say, from our national airline, pouncing on, on the fact that we've got to be nice to gays when, in fact, they're in partnership with an airline that is based on a, in a nation which is not very kind to gays, but I'll, I'll leave that one aside because there's a bit of hypocrisy in all of us, I suppose. But I think trying to communicate our faith via any sort of social media is so, so, so difficult because our faith in one level is very straightforward, but on another level has to be nuanced. I have to explain to Christian people in churches very carefully just what repentance means and what it does not mean. And 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 gay sexuality, is there, a, is there an issue with mere gay sexuality or the practice of it? All these things have to be carefully explained and there is there are proper good forums for that, but I don't think social media was. So look, I think in that sense, it is. It in one sense, it's a free speech issue, but it 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 strikes at the heart of what the tension is between a person's right to say what they believe, no matter how offensive it is, and yet that other person's responsibility uh, to to speak in such a way that is wise and gracious and generous and um, I think we'll have more and more of these instances the more and more we tend to rely on social media uh, to um, present what I think can be complex views and uh, I think that's where I think things went wrong so yes I think we've got should have the right to speak uncomfortable unpopular truths but let's not use that right as somehow telling us we can say what we like when we like it's so it, it is so hard normally to communicate the gospel of grace to the world. Let's not make it any harder. And I suspect the statements like that, um, uh, while genuinely made and in many respects do reflect a biblical orthodoxy, needed to be filled out a lot. And uh, unfortunately, they weren't, and therefore they're misunderstood. And therefore, you've got all the argy bargy about who's right and who's wrong. I think it makes Christian witness more difficult. For sure. I think uh, maybe visiting the Centre for Public Christianity would be a good place for this excellent, person. Ex- excellent. I'm glad you mentioned that because yep. there are good forums there and the Centre for Public Christianity, just Google it, uh, excellent, excellent forum uh, for what I consider to be well-considered nuanced discussions of all this yep. um, within the bounds of Christian orthodoxy. Yep. Yep. So Google that. You're listening to LifeWords Q&A. Andrew Morris, David Ray, if you've got a question, you know what to do. Email David. The email address is LifeWords at hopemedia.com.au. Our final question for this episode, David, is finding it really hard to forgive a family member after they've terribly wronged me. I'm so afraid God will not forgive me if I can't forgive them. So what should I do? Well, it's a tough one because, you see, I'm, I'm, I'm in a funny way, I'm, I'm encouraged by the question saying that they're finding forgiveness hard. Uh, because if you find forgiveness easy, chances are you're not really wrestling with the issues. Um, because you see, some people think forgiveness is all about, oh, forgetting it. I'll just forget all about it. Well, you can't do that. Or they just say, oh, I'll just let things go. Uh, or they didn't really mean it. Well, that's easy, but it's not actually getting to the heart because forgiveness faces the harsh reality of the hurt. It calls it for what it is. Forgiveness doesn't deny the pain. So forgiveness is always hard. If you are not finding it hard, chances are you're going for one of the cheap substitutes, which which won't work. And the other thing I want to remind this questioner is that forgiveness is a journey. It's a process and not an event. 
you see this person seems to be struggling with this uh, this forgiveness and and i can understand that sometimes the thing is that you think you've forgiven the person and blame you down you get a phone call or you see the person and then comes back up back to back to yeah. square one but but um it, it is it is a journey it takes time to get through the process but the important thing is to be on the way, to be on the journey. You see, God can forgive instantly, but we can't. And the deeper the hurt, I don't know what the hurt is in this case, but the deeper the hurt, the longer it takes. If you've been terribly abused by someone uh, over years, you, you're just not going to forgive in an instant after a bit of prayer ministry in a church. You're not going to do that. But it can start you on the journey. I don't think God's going to jump on you and refuse mercy to you if you're doing your best to show mercy to others. See, the point about Jesus saying that his forgiveness is linked to our own is not that he makes our forgiving others a condition for his own forgiveness of us. It's not as if he's saying, you forgive that person and then I'll forgive you. He's not really saying that. He's saying, rather, forgiveness, the forgiveness that he offers to us is a gracious gift, not as a reward for what we do. Rather, the point of Jesus saying what he does is that we show we are forgiven people by being forgiving people. So what I'd say to that questioner is, if you have made absolutely no start on the forgiveness process, if you are determined not to forgive, if you just want to take revenge and vengeance and hit back and and there's not even a struggle, you're, you're just simply wanting to fight that other person, well, you, you're not in a good place because you are hinting to me that you haven't really experienced and grasped the forgiveness of God. If you really have experienced the gracious forgiveness of God, you will at least want to start on the journey. And, and so if you're wanting to forgive that family member but finding it hard, I'd want to say to you, that's healthy. That's healthy. It's not comfortable, but it's healthy. It shows that the grace of God is at work in you, even if that work is not yet perfected. So I'd find comfort in the fact that you are finding it hard and yet you are pressing on. It's it's hard because it's hard because it's hard. It's not easy. So God will not refuse to forgive you if you are finding forgiveness a struggle. But if you never even start on that journey of forgiveness, I would have to question whether you have ever received the forgiveness of God personally in the first place. But given the fact that it seems to be that you are struggling with the issue, very uncomfortable, very painful, but actually spiritually healthy. So keep on at it, asking God for help. And you may be struggling again and again and again. You might find there's some weeks where you think you've got on top of it, then blame you down, uh, something happens and you, you, you're struggling all over again. That's okay, as long as you go on struggling. Thanks, David. Uh, you've been listening to LifeWords Q&A. I hope you've enjoyed the three questions that we've had uh, today. There are loads more on the hope1032.com.au website. Um, plenty for you to listen to from... Uh, looking at the prodigal son through to oh, all different kinds of themes and issues. It's well worth checking out. You can also sign up for David's email. It's uh, the LifeWords Daily Devotional, which is uh, a sign-up available at the website as well. Till next time, we wish you all the best. Thanks for listening. Start your day with LifeWords. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.